Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Rangers Reviews morning briefing on the 21st of February. We are one minute late, so I think um, that is that's fair play today, Stevie. Uh, I am here with Stevie Clifford. Happy to be back in the hosting chair today. Got lots to discuss. We're going to look specifically at, at Nico Raskin after a really impressive performance at the weekend. Uh, some of the... the um, I guess the sections of his performance and ask the question, should he start at Hamden at the weekend? We'll um, take questions, of course, as well, and then also look uh, ahead more to who plays at Hamden uh, on Sunday. Stevie, we'll start with you before we get into the sponsorships and whatnot. How are you getting on? How you, well, you were on yesterday, aren't you? So not much changed since then. Uh, no, we obviously had, um, we put out Alan McGregor's interview yesterday, which was well received. Um, from the Hall of Fame, and then today later on, it's um, it's the turn of Stephen Davis. So, some good content we were saying yesterday. I think we're going to end up having a player interview every day on the run up to um, the cup final on Sunday. So, there's plenty of content to build up and keep us going until then. So, looking forward to discussing Nico Raskin today, Joshua. Although it's going to be a very short answer and conversation. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, we'll have to have to create some nuance about it. Um, just before we get into that, as everyone knows by now, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Seneca, the number one place for hair restoration in the whole of Europe. If you are thinking um, about going for some hair restoration, Seneca is definitely your place. And if you just want to check it out, look a little bit more about what it involves, their YouTube link as well as their website link and other social links are in the bio as well. And remember, you still have two days, I think it is, to enter into our competition to win two tickets to the Old Firm final on Sunday. This is for anyone that's a subscriber, whether you're you're a new subscriber or an existing subscriber, um, you'll be sent a link and you can enter into that competition. Remember to do so. Remember, if you watch the video and you're not subscribed to the website, this is a great opportunity to do so. You also get three months worth of content for just um, one pound uh, and all those relevant links are in the description. Uh, right, Stevie, well, I'm not going to ask you should Raskin start because you've already told me what your answer is going to be. So let's chat a little bit more about, you know, his performance at the weekend, the fact that he seems to have adapted so quickly, what he does well. For me, he was the best player on the park at Livingston and, uh, you know, Michael Beal wanted starters in the January window. He wanted people that could come in and hit the ground running and, in his words, not shrink in front of a big crowd, but go and grow on it. Uh, players that could help drive Rangers forwards over the next two to three years. And obviously, we have only seen two games of Raskin so far, but I think you, everyone would say that the signs are really, really positive to this point. Yeah, 100%. I think that he brings an energy and a dynamism that we haven't really seen um, in a while. He's also very good at setting the tempo. Um, Joshua, he um, he plays it really quickly. He plays in between lines. He's progressive in his passing. Like he always seems to want to zip it forward. And he's got a wee bit, he, his energy kind of reminds me a wee bit of Reno Gattuso in the midfield. We maybe haven't seen um, that kind of energy, you know, that little buzz bomb type player in, in, in quite a few years. So he reminds me a wee bit about that. He's not quite as reckless or as quite steaming into the challenges as, as Gennaro used to do back in the day. But, um, he certainly got that kind of energy and and that um, that kind of skill set. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to seeing how he'll do on Sunday. And I think, look, Joshua, I said when he when he first came um, that I was really positive about you know how good he's going to be. And, and I thought that when he first came, it would be a case of he would go in the team 
and he wouldn't come out. I, I still think that's the case. If he's fit, <clears throat> Joshua, he plays, and he plays every single time. So I, I'm really excited about what he's going to bring to Rangers. If, he, if we can just get the right partner next to him, I think he'll flourish. Um, and I'm hoping... I'm hoping that they, um, we'll see a big performance from him on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Beal, um, I think it was the Hearts game, after the Hearts game, or certainly just after Raskin arrived, he, he's been at kind of pains to point out that he's a technical player, obviously has real strengths off the ball as well, but um, he compared him to Glenn Kamara and said that he was going to be, ha- him and Glenn Kamara were almost going to have to fight it out for that shirt, maybe alongside the Lundstrom um, or a Jack. But we saw Raskin play in that number six position out of necessity as much as uh, as anything, Stevie. I like the look of Raskin and Kamara domestically because both of them, and we'll come on to what Raskin does, I think, um, offensively to, to make a positive impact. But both of them um, are able to do that. Kamara, I think, increasingly under Beal, we obviously seen his goal against St. Johnston. We know, although he's not going to take a lot of shots, I think he can be someone that contributes to the attack um, in his own way. Um, and Raskin plays that number six role differently to Lundstrom. When he's playing in that mid- midfield two, he has a little bit more license than if he was just one behind two midfielders. I know structurally maybe it looks like that sometimes, but you know him and Kamara are going to be more defensively minded or have more defensive responsibility than a Tillman or a Cantwell. But do you think it could be uh, Raskin and, and Kamara in there on Sunday, even if Lundstrom and Jack return? Uh, Beal said he was hopeful that they return to training by the end of the week, Stevie. Does one of them come in to provide that balance, seeing as in the past Beal has said that Kamara and, and Raskin are similar types of players because they're both technical and can go box to box? I said this yesterday. I wouldn't start Raskin and Kamara merely because I feel that in previous old form games where we've lost the midfield, you look back to the earlier one in the season. We don't need to go over it too much, but you also go back to the one in the start of last year, almost a year ago. Glenn Kamara was pushed aside. He, he lost that midfield battle. He doesn't track runners very well. And sometimes he can be kind of caught ball watching a wee bit. So I don't want to get really negative on him, but what I would choose, and it's only my preference and understand completely that others might go a different way, I would have... Um, I would have Ryan Jack in there as well, just because I think he can win the battle and then it would allow Raskin to also win his battles but be able to be progressive and get the ball to Malik Tillman and things like that, hopefully as quickly as possible. If Kamara was in next to him, potentially there's a possibility that we might lose that battle in there. And you've got to, we all know these type of games, you've got to win that battle first to allow you to play. Their midfield's quite quite strong so we've got to try and match them in there they'll probably most likely have O'Reilly, McGregor and Hitati so we could go like for like, it's almost set up to go like for like Joshua in there and you'll have to try and win that battle first so it's Ryan Jack for me that, that would start, I think Jack's been in really fine form lately as well albeit he's picked up a wee knock here and there John Lundstrom equally if he brings what he brought at Tynecastle then yeah. I'd be more than happy for John Lundstrom to start. So, but it is it is either of the combinations uh, combinations for me, Joshua, and I think it's got to be Raskin and and for me it's Raskin and Jack. And you you've got the possibility there as well after sixty minutes of saying to Ryan Jack, right, you come off and bring John Lundstrom off, 
and he can go and add, you know, maybe the third or fourth goal when he comes on. So hopefully that's the plan. Hopefully that's but I'm mean, is there a risk though, Stevie, in the fact that Raskin hasn't played with Jack um or or Lundstrom, not started with him so far because he started with Kamara in both games, if memory serves me correctly. Um I agree. He's and again we'll come on to this, but he's more forward thinking. He's going to run beyond the the front line at points. If you think about his assist against Partick Thistle, there was a couple of examples at the weekend against Livingston. Um, in fact, I'll pull it up uh, here just now. We've got this is one of the graphics that is in um, uh, our article our, on on the website today. You can read that. Uh, take advantage of our subscription offer um, and get analysis like this every day. What all this image is showing, Stevie, and what the move that. Um, comes before this is Raskin plays a ball wide to Tavernier, but he doesn't stop. And I think with a lot of midfielders, number six midfielders, you'd see them always sit behind the ball. But he makes a run back, uh, beyond the defence here and he doesn't actually get on the, the eventual through ball for Kent. But it's as simple as moving the defence and I think always making an extra man commit. And it was the exact same for the assist uh, against Partick Thistle. If you watch that go back and it's included in the piece, Raskin's able to get on the ball in the box completely untracked because he's running from deep. And I guess the opposition haven't really planned for an extra midfielder to run beyond. Now, there's probably a bit of a risk of this against certain opponents and Celtic and an old firm at cup final is a game where you will need good balance behind the ball as well. But this is one of the things that stood out to me so far about him, Stevie, that He's not someone who's just content with giving the ball to one of his attackers and, and saying, OK, that's it. That's my job done. I've got the ball from from front to back or back to front um, and I'm going to stay here. He also has the technical ability to go and do something in the final third, as he did to make that run beyond against Partick Thistle and uh, put the ball on Cholak's head. And, and that's what Rangers need, I think, at the base of midfield domestically. Um, there's a quote in the, the piece that says, when we attack, everyone attack, and when we defend, everyone defends. And in the same way, you think of the way Rangers defend and the front three are so important to protect the high line and make sure that the opposition can't play as they want to try and retain aggression. I think in the same way, if, if the players at the base of midfield are able to contribute offensively, whether it be by runs or um, runs beyond the defence, as Raskin's shown so far, that could be really important when Rangers are trying to break down defences you know, week on week in the league. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, we always talk about getting runners beyond and something that Michael Beale's done really well, although albeit we didn't see it on um, Saturday as much. I didn't think the front three, Joshua, vibed as much as they, they could have done. I think they were quite quiet on, on Saturday, maybe until the, the changes. But Alfredo Morelos' strength and holding it up, he's been using that a lot. And if they can get Tillman playing off that and they can then add Raskin to it playing off that as well, I think that adds a different dynamic. What you've got to realise as well is on Sunday, it's a completely different game for Rangers, which may suit them in terms that Celtic won't sit in. They will try and come really strong and, and do what they always do. And if Rangers can break those lines and get beyond that, they, they, can, they will get space. And they will be able to to create opportunities. It's just a matter of getting the balance right, as you say, of keeping the back door shut while trying to get those spaces. And this is why one of the things you said there, Joshua, confirms what my own opinion is. And I understand completely people might want to go a different way. But for me, that progressive play that, that um, Raskin likes to do when you said, you know, he doesn't sit as a, as a six. He likes to play and then go beyond. That's why I would anchor somebody like Ryan Jack just behind him 
and then you would have your centre backs and Jack there constantly. And if one fullback goes, we know the other slightly tucks in anyway. So you would have a solid base there. Depending on what side they were going, it would either be Tavernier or Barisic that's sitting back, assuming you know they're both okay and they play, which hopefully they are. So that that would be in my reasoning as well. If you if you're looking at Raskin and Tillman bombing on and getting forward behind your kind of front three, then I would be that would just that wee thing you said confirms it a wee bit more for me that I would sit with a, a more anchor type player like Jack. He also have got this here. This is his um, ball recovery map from the weekend, Steve. He recovered the ball more times than any player um, at Livingston, 18 times. And again, I think what you see here is a nice variation between picking the ball up behind the fullbacks on either side and going up and, and pressing high to win it. What's interesting is, is there's one recovery around the centre um, circle. One of the um, things that his former manager, <coughs> pardon me, Luca Elsner, who managed him at Standard, last season told me is that he won't wait. He doesn't suit the game when it's static and, it, and it's, he's just sitting in kind of a, a block and he has to go and pressurise at points. He needs that freedom to go and press high and be proactive, which I think is an excellent sign as well. You can read that. The link to that is in um, the piece that's linked below. And, and as well, just finally, Stevie, uh, we've got his pass map from the weekend, something that he did really well uh, and yellow indicates uh, failure, red success. He had a 90% pass accuracy and Pass accuracy, I don't think, always means much because you, a player could have a 100% pass accuracy, but they've never taken a risk with a pass. I think if you look where Raskin's passes haven't come off here, it's when he's trying to break lines in behind, which is a, a real positive. But also that switch of play towards Borna Barisic, I think it was five switches of play played towards uh, the left-hand side. Another strength that his manager highlighted, his ex-manager, sorry, highlighted um, when he was talking to me. Just finally on what he did on the ball, Stevie, I think he was really strong playing the ball forward from deep. But as you said at the start, doing it quickly. And that makes such a difference because I think something you could level at Rangers domestically over the last year before Beal came in was that the tempo wasn't good enough. And simply, I think that quite often gave defences too much time to, to recover. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily set on the last year, Joshua, to be honest. Um, yeah. Even Stephen Gerrard spoke about this problem. You know, it was, everything came together in the 55 season, you know, unbelievably well. And even when you think about the point where the management team left, they were sitting nicely, you know, clear at the top of the league and they were doing okay. The form had kind of went back to where we maybe were before that year. But we consistently said, you know, I remember, and I've, I've said this, and I don't want to come on here and repeat myself, but it's well worth repeating that. Steven Gerrard was talking about a midfield upgrade back in 2019. Mm. He was talking about money needing to go in there and needing some fresh legs. And if you look at the type of player we maybe not got and missed out on, if you believe that we were in for the likes of Veerman and stuff like that, then he's that kind of deep progressive player with speed, the ability to to mix up the kind of tempo we go at. And anybody that's watched our games previously, I know that... Um, when, when Adam's with us and, and things like that in the gantry and, and you listen to Adam's tactics talk and stuff, and even on this show, he's said that sometimes the pairings can be a wee bit similar and, and maybe, you know, there's not the right kind of dynamic in there. It's nice and solid. You know, I don't think there's ever been a case where it's not been nice and solid, but sometimes it's lacked the the, the kind of cutting edge, the, the wee bit of tempo, the wee bit of difference 
you know, sometimes when you get Kamara and Jack or Lundstrom Jack or Lundstrom Kamara, whoever it is, you're maybe thinking, you know, it's it's not it's not really the kind of partnership that can break lines and, and push forward. You put him in there with either one, it's a completely different dynamic, Joshua, that we've not had in a long time. There's no it's no surprise to me that this boy is already looking looking like the part for us. And we spoke about, you know, him maybe costing ten 12 million pounds in an open normal market. In fact, we managed to, to pick him up, you know, early doors, the best part of a million pounds. And you already see the difference, the dynamic and the profile he's going to bring to us. It's just so different, but it works. It's exactly what we've been looking for and needing. It probably shows how difficult these players are to find when you think about how long we've been looking for them. It's almost like your same similar storm when you're looking for Alfredo. And who can we get to, to replace him if he's not available? It's so difficult to find that certain skill set that we need. So to have him here and, and get him and, and these things that we spoke about, you know, the progression and him pressing high, um, the switches of play, the tempo, we've not had that in a very long time. I can't remember the last player we've had like that without mentioning guys like Barry Ferguson and stuff like yeah. that. And I don't want to compare them on on levels. I'm not doing that. That would be entirely unfair because Barry was magnificent and he could do things in our midfield, you know, all by himself. So I don't want to think people think I'm comparing Nico Raskin to Barry Ferguson. But that pressing progression, driving forward, driving the team, setting the tempo and stuff, we've not had that kind of midfielder for a very, very long time. And I think you have to go back to Barry's days before you before we really get somebody that matched that kind of skill set. And that was, what, 15 years ago? So that's how difficult it has been to find somebody like him. And I'm really excited to see more of him. Yeah, um, totally agree. Stephen Smith saying, have you dismissed Cantwell, best man in the park against Levy? Stephen, thank you for that, because I've got another article to plug in. It's about Cantwell, so I put that in the comment section as well. Totally agree. I thought he did really well, Stevie, in that um, playing the Malik Tillman role. Um, acting at kind of the base of that triangle. It's interesting to see just how, I mean, uh, sort of points Tavernier was, um, a, a lot of points was playing in the forward line. The, the positions that he'd assume when, once Rangers got into the final third, he was at the top of the triangle. Sakala was wide and Cantwell was at the base of it. But uh, Cant, Cantwell's the exact same discussion. It's just because he's been here a little bit longer that we've kind of already done um, the, the initial reaction to seeing him play Stevie. But to, to go in a, a difficult away ground like Libby with a pitch, we, we know we've discussed it before, probably isn't the easiest to go and play on if you're if you're not used to that. Um, it is impressive. And I think he the stat that I picked out for him was more tackles and interceptions than any Rangers player. He's someone that also does put himself a, about a lot off the ball. He, he makes quite a lot of important in, interceptions, more in the midfielder role maybe than the attacker role. But again, I think he deserves to play on Sunday as well. It's just a question of it's probably two of the three of Tillman, Sakala, and Cantwell. And I think Sakala would probably get the nods because he can stretch the game in behind Dana's performance in the old firm on uh, January 2nd. Yeah, but then there's a caveat that I don't think that Fashion has played his best in the last couple of games. I thought Fashion was quite quiet. On, on Saturday, I thought Kamar Roof done an excellent job when he came on. He's in the mix now, Joshua, whether we like it or not. So so much 
was his cameo on, on Saturday's last 20, 25 minutes. He was very, very good. Now, I get that, and I spoke about this a wee bit yesterday, Joshua, as well, that um, Fashion Sakala does loads of work off the ball. He'll stretch defences, he'll tire them out, and that that can then create more space for the likes of Roof coming on who who's able to capitalise on it. I'm going to be controversial, I think, probably mm. on what you said, but I don't think Cantwell starts on on, Saturday, on on Sunday. I don't think he starts. I think he comes on. It's, it's either Tillman or Cantwell. Now, if Tillman doesn't play, Cantwell comes in. But I think if Tillman's fit, Cantwell's on the bench. Now, the, the good thing with that is your, your options are really strong. If you're looking at the likes of Cantwell, Roof, Cantwell, Sakala, whoever he's got coming on, even if Cantwell starts and Tillman comes on, there's options everywhere for us. But Cantwell, for me, look, has been really, really positive since he came in. He's been quietly effective. I think his work rate has maybe surprised a few people. I remember asking him that when he first really came here. I don't know if you remember, Joshua. I asked him and he said he was really surprised by this um, kind of opinion that, that's followed him. And he says, I work hard. I, I put in a shift. Yeah. And he was he was he was adamant in saying that, and um, he's shown that so far. Yeah. You know, he lost the ball a couple of times on Saturday and went and retrieved it immediately. So, I, I just he's been fine. He's not made the kind of impact that Nico Raskin has because Nico Raskin is a different skill set completely to what Cantwell is, and anyone with that going into that midfield would have made a difference straight away anyway. So I think that Cantwell's slightly unfortunate in that. And also, he's coming in in a position where Tillman's absolutely thrived yeah. in the last couple of months especially. So there's options everywhere for me, and it's really good. I'm just not sure. Forgive me. I'm not sure he starts. I think it's a good point, Stevie, because Rangers have similar players to Cantwell, but they probably don't have a similar player to Raskin. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, if <clears throat> Malik Tillman wasn't here... It would have been a much worse season to watch, first and foremost. Um, but secondly, I think you'd have seen more. Um, well, Canwell would have not had to fight for that position. I guess he's fighting for one of three positions with Kent, Sakala, and Tillman. Um, but I think because Rangers haven't had that type of player like Raskin, someone who does that in the middle of the pitch, when you eventually get it, there's more excitement towards that. But again, Cantwell still only what three, four starts in. I think he's been very uh, uh, promising. And was it Ross County at home? I'm trying to remember when he was man of the match. I think it was Ross County at home. It was because St. Johnson was his debut. Um, I think he's had a, a pretty strong start. And there's lots of different ways you could approach it. I'm, I'm more open to the idea of starting Sakala um, and bringing Roof on when the game's a bit more tired. You know, I don't think Roof started since the old firm at Hamden and. April, am I right in saying that? Well, didn't Roof start in the Europa? Didn't he start against Leipzig? Braga. No. Who, who was the semi-final where he, he scored? Was that Braga? That was a quarter-final against Braga. That was, and that was, I think, someone can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I think it went Braga on the Thursday night and then the old firm at Hamden on the Sunday. And Roof came off at that game because it went into obviously extra time. Um, and I think that's when he picked up his injury. So to go and start him, um, yeah. would, uh, especially when he's made such an impact from the bench, um, you, you just wonder, 
when the game's going to be so fast and frenetic for the first hour, are you not better trying to play the long game? And I think it's going to suit Sakala more if the game is fast and open as opposed to when it's a bit slower and he maybe doesn't have his opportunities to uh, use his pace in behind. I think we saw that perfectly in the January Old Firm where obviously at the start of the second half, he, he made such an impact. I think Ken and Morelos are, are certain to start. Um, but but Roof, I mean, we'll, we can come on to talk about him as well now, Stevie. Um, Michael Beale said after the game that he would have started if not for his injury history, which is maybe a, a suggestion that he is fit to start uh, at the weekend. But to have him from the bench, um, it just completely changes things because he's so much better than... I think his quality is... He, he is one of Rangers' best players. He's just not fit, so we kind of forget that. But to have his quality to bring off the bench, he had that shot from 20 yards, which almost found the bottom corner. Um, obviously, wins the free kick intelligently, even though he can't run the, the three men around him and then a poacher's goal from a corner. There's a reason that I think Michael Beale was so insistent on getting Kimar Roof back when he came back into the club, even though a lot of people said, well, what's the point in even discussing that? Because he's been out for so long. Um, I, th I think Rangers' squad looks a whole lot stronger, even if it is only from the bench to have Roof coming into games late on. Yeah, we spoke about this at the time, if you remember. How many times did Michael Beale mention um, Kamar Roof and his yeah. opening pressers and, and to his, in his discussion with us? He mentioned him you know, a dozen, dozen times or so during that whole time. Um, and it was evident really early on that he still thinks that he's going to be a massive part of it and he still really rates him and he's still really, you know, fond of him. He's, it's interesting when you look at his comments around Kimar Roof as well, he's, he's kind of, he's almost pushed him away or pushed him along rather in his pressers, you know, as well as being, you know, it's up to him, it's up to him how he quickly comes back. He needs to push on, stuff like that. That's an interesting kind of wee dynamic as well that he's done. So I feel that maybe Kamaru's one of these guys that that needs that drive. He needs to be driven. He needs to be pushed. He needs to be, you know, kind of managed like that. And I think Michael Beale can do that. They got on obviously really well. And you would imagine from the time before that he was here and stuff. And if you're getting shown that level of if, if Kamar Roof knows how much the manager values him, that's what I'm trying to say, that he's, yeah. he's perhaps going to push himself on as well. And, um, you know, Michael Beale's a completely different dynamic to Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in a press conference. So you get more out of Michael Beale and he's 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 shown Kamar Roof more love, as want of a better descri description, in these pressers than, than Gio ever done, because Gio was maybe a wee bit more... Um, you know, a, a le less descriptive and you know, a wee bit more cutthroat when it comes to my roof. He's not fit, we can't include him, we can't discuss him, kind of thing. Whereas Michael Beale pushed him on and always said how important he is. When you get that kind of reaction from a manager to a player, I can only imagine that it'll, it'll kick him on. And I thought that his cameo, I said this yesterday, I thought his cameo on Saturday was excellent. He made the difference for the last 20 minutes now. Levy had just made a couple of subs, the boy Montano and things had come on, and they were beginning to look like they were going to push on and it was going to be that old story where they're going to start pressurising us after we completely controlled the game. Roof came on and he changed that for Rangers completely. It swung it back towards us, as you said. He then won the free kick, which um, 
brought the the red card, brought the goal, and then he's 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 had the movement. That shot that you were talking about for the bottom corner, that was actually going in. Turned out to be a very good save. The boy got a, a really good hand on it. So um, that one just, I, th- I think that might have been inside of the post, maybe going in himself. So he can strike it, look, he can finish. His movement's really good, good strength. And as well, which is important, Joshua, Antonio Cholak is a completely different striker to anything we've got. Kamar Ruth can go on and play where Morelos does and how Morelos does. Maybe not to the same level, because I think Alfredo is completely different in that way to others, but Kamaru's got the strength to hold it up. He's got the movement. He can be a nine. So if we find ourselves having to go light for light replacement or we don't fancy Antonio Cholak, because Hamden's quite a big pitch, and then you know there's lots of space in it, sometimes he can get isolated so it's a it's maybe a different type of game, and Ruth can play that nine as well, which I think is important. But he's, you know, we maybe don't think it, but he's definitely in the mix, and he'll be in the manager's thoughts for Sunday, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Stevie. Just a couple of comments to finish. Alan says, hope you enjoyed your holiday, Joshua. Thank you, Alan. That's very kind of you, I did. And um, just finally, from Broken Nose Boxing, he says, appreciation comment, love the channel, watch every video, well done on the consistent high-quality coverage. Uh, thanks for that. And remember, folks, if you do want to support our work, the best way to do that is subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the website. At the moment, you can get, uh, get three months for just one pound. And obviously, until tomorrow night, be entered into a competition to win two tickets for the Old Firm final on Sunday. Um, right, Stevie, that will do us. Uh, just now, we're going to hear from the manager later, whose press conference is today at Hamden, uh, quite a long time before the game. But um See if there's any updates on Tillman, Jack uh, and Lundstrom, Lundstrom, among other things. But until then, thanks very much to all of you who have joined us. Uh, Remember to subscribe and we will speak to you tomorrow morning.